Good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop. I'm the executive pastor here at Church in the Valley. Glad that you all um, have were able to join us here at Church in the Valley. A question that we have been going through and, and asking ourselves throughout the last several weeks is, what is the reason for me? It's a big question. The reason of our existence is it's a question that we all have from time to time or it might be something that's just nagging us throughout life as we're trying to figure out why, why am I waking up early and going to this job or, or whatever it may be. The reason for me is a huge question that we all have in our life. There's an outline in your program. You can follow along with the message. I invite you um, to do that. But this is the question that we've been looking at over the last several weeks. And some ways that people seek to find the reason for them is through maybe work. We spend long hours trying to accomplish our career goals and making those happen because we think that's going to be what's going to fulfill me. That's going to be the purpose that, that really drives me. Another is maybe our family. We pour everything to our kids and our spouse, but it doesn't leave much room for anything else in life. Or maybe our friends, we try to, to find our purpose in our friendships and the relationships around us, but again, it leaves something lacking. Or influence. We try to gain influence in people's lives because we think if we can influence the most people around us, then that's really going to bring the purpose that we want. Or maybe it's location. We want to live in the, the city that's going to bring us the, the right purpose. It's going to bring us the most joy in our life. And so we try to get there to that city or to buy that house or whatever it may be. But it turns out all these things, they fall short. They fall short in bringing us the real purpose that's going to bring fulfillment in our lives. They're not bad things in and of themselves, but it just doesn't bring the purpose that we want. And so we've been looking at the purpose that comes from a personal relationship with God in this message series called The Reason for Me. And what we've been looking at, the main verse that keeps coming up week in and week out, is Matthew 22, 34 through 40. Take a look at this verse with me. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees. Now, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, those are like two religious groups of people. They, they were um, testing Jesus with questions, try to get him to slip up. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. It says, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And look at what Jesus said to him. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And so through this message series, we've been looking at how to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and how to love our neighbor as ourself. So I want to give just a quick recap of our message series um, and then we'll jump into our last part of it uh, this morning. So the first message that we had was the greatest commandment. We just read that, um, that verse, and it talked about the greatest commandment. 
And in this message, we saw that God made us to seek, find, and live for him. And when we find God, life begins to come together for us. It's not perfect, but it comes together for us, and we have a real reason to live. The next week, we looked at how do I love God? How do I practically love God with my heart, my soul, my mind? We do this by spending time with God, obeying him, and working to extend his kingdom. And after that message, we, sh- we shifted from looking at how to love God with our heart, soul, and mind. And we shifted from that, but loving our neighbor as ourselves is a part of doing that as well. Um, but we started to look at really practical ways to love our neighbor as ourselves. And we looked at the reason you are here. Turns out it's not an accident that we live where we live. We're in the city that we're we are in, and our neighborhood, it can, it can become a mission field to reach out to people and find needs and meet them in the name of Jesus. And then the next two messages, we looked at how to be a light in our family. We looked at that in my family tree, and then loving God at work, how to be a light at work. I wanted to walk through the series just to give a sense of where we've been. So far, it's a long message series, six parts to it. And so I wanted to walk through that. And also, maybe you missed one of these message series. And I want to invite you to, to go back and, and listen to it on our website, churchinthevalley.com. Um, or you can subscribe to our podcast, Church in the Valley Ontario Ranch. You can search it on it, the Google Play Store, or the, the App Store, um, the Apple Store. But... These messages were really encouragement to me. The message on work, it really encouraged me. I had a little pep in my step this week at work because I realized I, I need, I, there's purpose that God gave me in my work. Now, that seems funny for a pastor who's working for the church to lose sight, lose perspective of the work that I'm doing. But it's so easy to get just caught up in the tasks and the, the drudgery of making it happen that we lose sight of the purpose behind it all, that we get the opportunity to work as if for God, not just our man-made boss. Today we're going to wrap up the message series by looking at loving our neighbor as ourselves in the context of God's family. One of the truths that continues to pop up in this message series is that God has wired life to work in a way that As we obey him, as we put into practice his commands, we're blessed by doing that. And so we see that as we live in line with the purpose that God has given us in our neighborhood, in our families, at work, we flourish in those roles. We have the opportunity to flourish in those roles as we put that into practice. Now, what we're going to be talking about is God's family. And there's a lot of family language when you look at the the New Testament portion of the Bible. The New Testament is the part of the Bible that starts with Jesus' biographies and moves forward from there. You see a lot of language, how to relate to our brothers and our sisters. And um, I look forward to being with my brothers and sisters in this city or in that city. And as we start talking about God's family this morning, I think it's important that we all get a good, a good grasp on what God's family is and what that is. And so we're going to spend some time on the front end here of looking at 
God's family and what that is. So first of all, God's family is made up of Christ followers. Uh, that's the first main point on your handout. Ephesians 2.19, the second part of verse 19, talks about this. And um, it says, you are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. God's family, it's made up of those who have committed to be Christ followers. Now, if you haven't decided to be in God's family yet, if you haven't decided to commit your life to Christ yet, I'm really glad that you're here this morning. I hope you get a glimpse of what it's like to be a part of the family of God, the household of faith, as it's called in the Bible and other parts. But this verse is highlighting that every Christ follower is in God's family. This is called the universal church. They call it the universal church. Every, all the believers in the world make up this universal church of God's family. A lot of times as we read the Bible, we think of this broad church that it's talking about. God's family, the universal church. And the, the, it's important to distinguish in the Bible when it's talking about the broad universal church and it's talking about the local church. There's two distinct ways that the Bible talks about it. And the church is actually talked about as the um, local church four times as often as it's talked about the universal church. So most of the time when you're reading the Bible, it's talking about a local group of believers. But one of those times it's talking about the broad universal church. It says in Matthew 16:18, it says, I will build my church. So there's this sense that the overall family of God is growing and being built up as time goes on. But the majority of the rest of the uses in the Bible are talking about this smaller group of Christ followers and believers, and that's what makes up God's family. And so we see that God's family is organized into local churches like Church in the Valley. The pattern in Scripture is that churches would start wherever people would become Christ followers, become believers. And so there would be some, a group of people in Ephesus that would come up, that would become Christ followers, and the church would start there. There'd be a group of people in Antioch that would become Christ followers. A church would start there. Take a look at Acts 16, 4 and 5. It says, As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and, and elders who were in Jerusalem. So they had this meeting, and they, they reached some decisions, and they went around to the different cities. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. And so the, the distinction that we're seeing here is it's talking about churches, not the universal church, but churches in these cities. I know we're getting a little technical here. We'll, we'll bring it back home, I promise you. Um, but it turns out that distinguishing between the church universal and the local church is very important for, for our spiritual growth. You know, technology is great. I, what used to take weeks to get a message across the world can take not even a second now through email to communicate. But it can also pull us away from what's truly important in life. 
Screen time, it's become a big topic. How much time are we looking at our phones or watching TV or on the internet? It's become a big thing in parenting or in just in life in general. What's healthy to be looking at on our phones and, and, and looking at things? But also with technology, we also have this, this opportunity to listen to any church or pastor in the world pretty much that puts their messages online. So I did a search on my podcast app, and this is the, the group that I came up with. Here's my podcast pastor picture. Um, any of these guys can be your pastor if you think that the Bible's talking about the universal church all the time. We can make our pastor someone in a distant place, and we can miss out on God's best for our life and connecting with a local group of people, a local group of believers. Because when we read the Bible, there's an assumption that is going on in the background of what we're reading, and that's that early Christians were connected and contributing to their local church. And that's the assumption behind the teaching found in the Bible. I have nothing against any of those pastors. I'm not putting them up there because I haven't even, I've listened to some of their stuff. It's been really helpful to me. Um, we have a podcast. We want people to listen to it. That's not the problem. But the problem is when it starts to pull us away from close relationships in the context of the local church. And this distinction between universal church, local church, it brings out a big part of the reason for us. And that's that the reason for us, part of the reason for us, is to expand God's kingdom by connecting and contributing to a local church. When you're known by a local group of Christ followers, there's this mutually beneficial relationship that happens. God's family should actually be known by its love for one another. We find that in John 13, 34. It says, A new commandment I give to you, this is Jesus talking, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus is saying here, follow my example. Love like I have loved. People should know that you're my followers by the way you love others. But what does this kind of love look like? What, what is it? It's, it sounds really good. But what does it practically look like in the context of the local church? The New Testament portion of the Bible was written in Greek. And there's four different words for Greek. And the, the word for, for or four different words for love in the Greek language that is used in the Bible. And the four, out, of, out of the four different languages or words, wow, I'm tongue-tied up here. Out of the four different words, um, the one that's being used here is agape. And that's the same one that's used in the love your neighbor as yourself, love the Lord your God. It's this agape love. It's a love that seeks the other's good regardless of feeling. That's a real love. Regardless of feeling, it's a love that you're going to do good by other people. 
that's the love that signifies that you're a Christ follower. I might not be feeling it right now, but I'm going to do good to you, even though I'm not feeling it. If we consistently choose this kind of love towards each other, then it's going to be a light to people who are in the church, but also outside of the church. And this type of love, it happens here at Church in the Valley. And I asked some people this week to just send in some cell phone videos and, and let me, and just of times that they have felt loved at Church in the Valley. And I want to share those times with you so you can get a glimpse of what it's like to be in God's family. So take a look at this video. Last week, I had an accident while I was out alone with the kids. I contacted a friend who immediately offered to take the kids so that I could get to the hospital quickly. Another friend from church met me at the hospital and stayed with me until Michael could get there. We were home from the hospital the next day. Uh, Our friends from church in the valley had already began organizing meals to bring us for the coming weeks. We also received many offers to help with childcare and grocery shopping. Uh, This love that we were shown from our church friends really helped our family out during this uncertain and urgent time. Back in January, uh, my wife Carlene had surgery to remove her thyroid because of a mass that they had found. In the time leading up to the surgery, we had another number of friends from Church in the Valley, you know, send us texts, let us know that they were praying for us as as the surgery was approaching. Um, The day of, um, we got a ton of text messages that morning from people that were praying for us, offering, you know, encouragement. Uh, Some people sent scriptures that were really helpful to Carlene, really gave her a sense of calm. Um, in leading up to what was going on. We had some friends uh, from Church in the Valley that came and actually spent time with me in the hospital, so I wasn't there waiting by myself or anything like that. Um, we had some other people that stopped by and visit in the hospital before we were let go the next day. For the next week or so, we felt the love of, of you know our friends and um, Church in the Valley family bringing meals over to us. Um, So we didn't have to worry about that. It was really neat. Uh, We really felt the love, especially, I mean, reaching out to Carlene and I and and helping us and meeting our needs. But then also people kind of reached out to the kids as well. Our kids, they contacted them, you know, if they had any questions, if they had, you know, wanted to talk or anything like that. And just seeing that uh, that love really kind of reach out to us and then also to our kids was really uh, an amazing feeling at that time. One of the most memorable for me is when I was in junior high and my parents had just started an auto repair business. And the business was really struggling to get off the ground. And it looked like at one point my parents might actually lose the business. But our church family chipped in uh, at a critical time and provided them with a love offering. And uh, that really stuck with me. Other than my son and daughter-in-law, I have no family here in the state of California. So over the years, Church in the Valley has become my family. They have been there for me as years have gone by. And I've had uh, medical needs. They have been there for me to drive me. Uh, wherever I needed to go, whenever I needed to. And most recently, I had a neck surgery that I was not allowed to drive at all for six weeks. And someone was there for me to run errands, drive me to the post office, get groceries. They brought me meals. Anything I needed, I just had to pick up the phone. In December, we learned that Luke was going to be born with a life-threatening condition. And we decided to have him at a hospital in Houston, Texas that had a lot of experience dealing with this condition. Um, What I'm about to say doesn't come close to expressing the love and care that we received from people at Church in the Valley over the five weeks that we were gone. But some of the things that people did for us are um, they cleaned our house from top to bottom. They took care of our yard. uh, They stocked our pantry when we were coming home for us. 
Uh, they sent us mail almost every day, and they sent our kids, our other two children, uh, a lot of gifts, and that really made an impression on our other two kids to see how a, a community of people who love God treat each other and serve each other and help each other. Uh, we also received generous financial gifts, and some people even came to Houston to visit us. On the night our son was born, and during his early morning surgery a few days later, people from Church in the Valley and our network of churches stayed up throughout the night, stayed up late, got up early to pray for Luke. They prayed so that he would be covered in prayer during some of the most difficult hours of our life. Uh, We are very grateful, and we can think of nothing more valuable to us during that time. Those are some stories of just love that has happened in the context of Church in the Valley, and it going. It's been it's been happening and continues to happen. These stories, but the people in these this video didn't just show up one day and all of a sudden all their needs were met. But what they did was they connected and they contributed it here at Church in the Valley. And when times of need came up. People stepped up and loved them. And they are loving people still. And that's this mutually beneficial relationship that you see, you find in the Bible. And it happens that Christ followers love each other as they connect and contribute to the local church. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We need to be relating to each other in a way that stirs us each other up. It provokes us to love and good works. That's what this verse is talking about. And the, the verse moves on from talking about encouraging each other provoking each other to live this way and it says not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some a key component of church life is this meeting regularly together it's in the context of week in week out meeting together doing life together that we get to experience god's love give god's love and Accomplish the mission that God has given for us as a, as a church. And so I want to give us all just some time this morning to look at different ways that Church in the Valley has to meet together regularly, to connect and contribute. These are on the back of your, your handout in the, the program, but I just want to look at these together and, it, and talk about really our strategy for helping people to connect and contribute and grow in their relationship with God. And so the first way is to attend the worship service. You know, we, we get 52 of these a year, which sounds like a lot, but when you think about that in the context of 360, uh, however many days, I just lost how many days there are in a year, but however many days there are in a year... I don't want to say the wrong number now. I got all sorts of 360 numbers floating in my head. Um, but we get 52 of these a year. It's not a ton of, of time. But by weekly gathering together in this large group, we can give glory and honor to God through singing, learning about the Bible, and, and trying to apply it to our lives. Another way to connect and contribute here at Church of the Valley is by serving on a, a Sunday service team. 
um, or just a, a team in general. But the, the way to, to connect is we have eight different teams that work together on Sundays to make this happen. And um, we also assemble teams for events and big Sundays like Christmas and Easter. Easter's coming up. Um, and, and then the next way is to connect in a group here at Church in the Valley. You know, groups meet weekly to practice relating to each other the way the Bible talks about, to discuss the Bible or a spiritual topic. And those are a huge part of growth here at Church in the Valley. And then another way is to plug into learning environments here. We offer a couple different training programs at Church in the Valley. We have a training program called Horizon and one called North Star. Um, but we also offer some family life workshops that we do um, from time to time here at Church of the Valley just to be a help. And um, we have one coming up on marriage on May 4th that's coming up. It's a learning environment. And then another way, a huge way to connect and contribute at Church in the Valley is by inviting neighbors into our church community. Our goal is to continue to try to give tools and resources to people to be able to invite people to join us here at Church in the Valley. We want them to get around us and um, experience the love that people were talking about in the video. And those are five ways that we meet together regularly. We're one, well, four, and one way that we want to invite people to join us. But it's in the context of those ways of relating here at Church in the Valley that the Christ-like love happens. Now, maybe... When we look at them all together, it seems like a lot, a lot of time, a lot of things going on. And so you might not be where you want to do all of five of those things right now or where you're ready to do all five of those things. But I want to encourage everybody to look at the list and think through what what are some ways that you are connecting and contributing at Church in the Valley right now? And maybe what's, what's something that you want to move towards to connect a little more here at Church in the Valley? I can't imagine doing life without the family that God has given us here at Church in the Valley. The other day, my wife and I, we were at the doctor's office, and uh, we were just talking with the doctor and mentioned that, hey, we're you know, getting to go somewhere for our 10th anniversary. I don't know how that came up. I can't remember, but it did. Um, and we were talking, and um, he said, who's going to watch your kids? And he said, we don't have anybody to go away on a trip like that and to have people watch my kids. And I, I, I immediately thought of like 30 people that I could ask to watch my kids. And there's just care that happens as you connect and contribute to Church and Valley at, at the local church level. And I'd love for everybody to experience that love of God's family here at Church in the Valley. Understand that committing to do something extra at church life, committing to a group, to serve on a team, to attend a learning environment. It's different. It's hard to work that into our schedules. It takes a change in priorities, but it's worth it. The type of friendships that will happen as you plug into Church in the Valley more and more, it's, it's worth it. And you get to be a part of what God's doing here in people's lives, and they get to help you out in times of need. Each Sunday, we encourage people to take next steps here at Church in the Valley. And 
Um, those next steps are on your outline and your, your program. I encourage you to, to take a look at them. The band's going to come out as, as we go through these. And I want to encourage you to take a next step this morning in response to the message today or maybe a, a message in the, the past that we've had in this message series. But first next step today that I am suggesting <clears throat> is to connect and contribute by fill in the blank encourage you to look back over the five different ways to connect and contribute here at Church in the Valley. Maybe circle one that you want to try to put into practice this next week or next month or, or next year, whatever it may be. Encourage you to take a look at that, how to take a step towards loving the way God wants us to in the context of our community here. Another next step is invite fill in the blank to Easter. So if there's somebody, Brad talked about this earlier, but if there's somebody you want to invite to Easter, think it through, pray about it. Write it on the connection card. We'd love to be praying with you for that. And then if there's anything else that you want to put as a next step, please write that down and take that next step with God this morning. I want to finish by reading Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. God has given us purpose and meaning across all the areas in our lives. Let's go live like that. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you. We thank you so much for the love that you have given us through your son, the example that he is to us. And we just ask for your help and power to be able to love people in that way. And we thank you for what you have done here at Church in the Valley and people's lives and that they can feel loved and cared for. And we just ask that you would just fill us, fulfill us and fill us with just this driving purpose that you give us through the Bible, that we can love you with all our heart, soul, and mind and love our neighbor as ourselves. Help us to do that this week and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen.